you will ruin 1,000 loaves before you get your perfect loaf, if you're lucky. Like, you, there's just... Uh, the, the, the biggest thing is knowing that you are going to fail and to accept that failure and to keep trying because really the whole thing is just like building a foundation on those mistakes and learning from them. This is the Sourdough Podcast, the show about the innovators, leaders, and creative trailblazers in the sourdough community and the stories behind the bread. I'm Mike Hilbert. On today's show, how Crystal White turned her childhood dream of being a baker into reality, opening her own bakery, Wayfair Bread in San Diego, and her vision for the future of bread in California and beyond. friends and thank you for joining me here it's our very first guest interview i am here today with crystal white of wayfarer bread and we are actually here in her freshly minted bakery uh paint is dry now or is it still wet on the walls it's a uh, touch and go <laughs> this is about as authentic as it gets you might even hear her deck oven humming in the back and uh, so anyway, I just want to say thank you, Crystal, for coming on, and, um, and a huge congratulations on... You're, you're here, right? Yeah. I mean, you've been open for a couple weeks. Yeah, it's Unofficially. Weeks. Unofficially. Unofficially. Yes. And uh, when's the soft opening? When's the big day? When's the official? Uh, the big grand opening is scheduled for Sunday, June 3rd, 7.30 to 4, if we last that long. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's, it's, you're going to be a huge hit. I'm so so excited to have you here. Um, I've been eagerly watching uh, from Instagram, sneaking in when I can, and uh, just kind of seeing how your bakery's been coming along has been uh, fun for me. Um, so our paths crossed about, I think it was a year ago. I was trying to do, I was looking through your feed and trying to figure <laughs> out, when, when did we actually meet up? And it was about a year ago, and... Um, I think I had just following your journey, I, I saw that you were in San Diego. I'm like, I'm going to follow this, this woman, <laughs> see what she's up to, being a sourdough uh, junkie. Um, <laughs> I had to follow along. And uh, I think I invited myself to come taste test some some crumb cake you were posted about. <laughs> I was just as excited to meet you. I was like, who's this guy whose Instagram handle is San Diego Sourdough? I got to meet him. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> so anyway, you were gracious enough to uh, take me up on my self-invitation. And uh, we met up in Balboa Park. I don't yeah. know if you remember this. Oh, yeah, very well. I brought my daughter. Um, it was pretty funny i i it was like who's this guy with a baby and he's brought me some bread oh i felt like a jerk because you brought me a whole loaf and oh, i brought you a piece of cake i brought you a loaf of my my amateur uh, artisan home home bread and uh it was delicious it was funny because i so we're talking we're watching my daughter play on the playground and we're talking our starters and starter maintenance and you had said, uh, you, you had used the correct pronunciation of Levon. You, know, <laughs> you know, I'm a homebaker. I've learned, I've taught myself through, through blogs and books. I've never even heard the word, you know. And really? so I'm like, wow. 
this 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 lady knows what she's talking about. She's legit. She she said Levon, so I, I was like, she's in a different league here. So I uh, better sound like I know what I'm talking about. But. I mean, I'm glad I pulled that off. <laughs> I'm still faking it till I make it. Well. I think you, it's safe to say you've made it. Um, <laughs> we're here in your brand new bakery. You've got your new employees. You're training them. You're um, about two weeks into the new bakery. Did you think this day would come when you'd be training people in your own kitchen? I mean, I obviously that was the goal, and it has been for quite some time. Uh I feel like it took forever to get to this point, and since this point has hit, it's been, like, fast forward. Like, it's definitely not what I expected. It's so hard to predict how anything's going to go down, but this in particular has been, like, a, a just a intense <laughs> little startup here. It yeah. was like we were in... I don't know if you want me to go into the whole oh, backstory. Yes. Okay, well, well, basically, I was doing... I moved to San Diego just knowing that I wanted to start a bakery here, and uh, I didn't really know how to go about it. I knew I started looking for a location immediately last May, and, uh, you know, the market's pretty tight. It, I didn't know where anything was. I'd only mm -hmm. been to San Diego twice before, so I was looking at all these spots, and none of them quite seemed right, and it was taking longer than I thought. So I had... A couple friends kind of pushed me into doing pop-ups while I waited for location. Mm -hmm. And since my savings were dwindling and uh, rent is expensive in San Diego, I was like, yeah, I could do that. So I started doing pop-ups, and those slowly grew. Yes, and, huge uh, hit. Yeah, I, it was really sold exciting. Out. I mean, almost every time I got there at 12, yeah, um, you guys almost had nothing left. So. Which was super exciting because, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's always scary moving to a place you've never lived and trying to figure out whether there's a market there for what you want to sell. And so started out slow and it, it ramped up fairly quick. And then I found a location that seemed like a good bet. So I, I kind of jumped on it. And was this uh, here in Bird Rock, your first location that you found? Or? Yeah. Well, so I found a couple locations before this that seemed like a good idea. Um, one of them was in ocean beach. A couple of them were in North park. One of them was in South park, but what kept happening is, you know, I'm a, a one-woman show. I have a very small handful of investors, but it's a very small budget I'm working mm -hmm. with, and I kept getting outbid by restaurant groups, mm. and it happened time and time again. And you know, not they have so much financial backing behind mm -hmm. them that they were really on top of getting the best spots. So, I think the only way that I got this spot was because it was buying an, an existing business. It was uh, not on the market very long. It was kind of under the radar. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just perfect for my needs. It was an existing restaurant. I, I only had to change a couple things. The biggest thing being putting a, a giant deck yeah. oven in the uh -huh. middle of a dining room in, in an existing building that was built in 1961. And, uh, you know, it just felt like the permitting process took forever. Mm -hmm. um, I got this location March 1st. I immediately started turning it over into a bakery. And I spent an entire two and a half months going from the county of San Diego to the city of San Diego, from the health department to the city planning department, trying to get it through. And when we finally got it through, it was like, well, great, we're done. Let's, let's, let's open immediately because we can. 
um, which you know was exciting on on one hand, but on the other hand, it was kind of stupid of me because <laughs> most of my crew still had to give notice at their other oh, jobs. Yeah. And I was thinking it would be nice, slow, you know, kind of boring. So I'd be in the back in the mornings no training somebody, and then be at the front counter for the shift, just kind of like you know, waiting for people to come in. And I, I think part of it was having the pop-ups and uh-huh. part of it was just Yeah, this, you hit the ground running. Yeah, and this neighborhood of Bird Rock has been incredibly you supportive. You have a fan base. <laughs> you know, like every, the couple yeah. times I've popped in, you were sold out. There's people coming <laughs> in every five minutes saying I've been following you on I, Instagram. So it's so great to meet you. I underestimated the demand, <laughs> to be sure. So it's been, you know... I've been very lucky in that most of my crew is either incredibly experienced or very quick learners, but it has been trial by fire just trying to scramble and put this together. But now we're now we're elbow deep and we're <laughs> we're really getting getting it figured out, I hope. <laughs> so you're here in San Diego. Um, what are some of the you know big career moments that um, where you realize like this is what I want to do yeah. and, uh, and set you on the path? Oh man, well, it's kind of a ridiculous story. When I was 11 years old, we had just moved from Mountain View, California, which was the heart of Silicon Valley, up to Napa. And uh, suddenly, me and my parents were just completely immersed in like a pretty crazy food and wine uh-huh. and hospitality culture yeah. that we hadn't seen before. And I remember my next-door neighbor was taking a cake decorating class, and she brought home these like little like frosting roses out of royal icing that she made and as this like little kid I was just fascinated that you could make flowers out of frosting <laughs> and then you could eat them and it was just the coolest thing so I just decided then that I wanted to be a baker and I wanted to own a bakery and because I like the ocean I said I want to own a bakery by the beach yeah and uh I don't know I just that was I don't know if I was just a really stubborn kid uh-huh. or if I it was my calling or what but I just latched onto that idea so when I was 15 I took my first baking internship at the little local bakery wow. in Napa um like, I'd read every baking book possible by then. So all these things just seemed magical in my head because I'd read what they were supposed to be, uh-huh. and I'd never made them. So, like, croissanto. It's a total miracle. had no idea how it was going to work, but I'd seen all the picture illustrations. And, like, you know, same with cakes, same with cookies and bread. And so I, you know, worked for a long time in my hometown. Mm-hmm. When I went to college... My parents insisted on me getting a, a what they called a real degree and not uh-huh. going to culinary school because they were not convinced that that was my actual calling. They thought maybe it was just a Even hobby. Even though you've been doing it since 11. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so I went to college in San Luis Obispo. Then I got a business degree, but the entire time I was there, I was working bakery jobs. Uh, I was working the college campus. Great campery. college town. Yeah. <laughs> I was working the college campus bakery. I'd get up at like 3 in the morning and work there and then go to classes from like 8 a.m. until, you know, 5 p.m. and then try to get my homework done, go to sleep and start over again. Uh, eventually I graduated and by that time I convinced my parents, like, yes, I, I do want to do this for a living. Let me go to culinary school. So I did a really quick eight-month certificate program at the Culinary Institute of America okay. back in my hometown of Napa. Yeah. And then uh, after that, I just kept getting jobs with mm-hmm. increasing responsibility uh, until I got a great opportunity in 2009 to uh, join up with one of my friends from culinary school named Nayang Ma. And uh, together we opened Proof Bakery in L.A. Okay. Uh, and our goal was to make really good croissants. And so... 
that's what we did. Uh, mission we, accomplished. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, we we tried for a really long time. We finally got the recipe right. We opened, and I was there for about two and a half years. And at that point, I was like 24, and I was really kind of like, wow, you know, I've been like managing this bakery for a long time. I've been teaching other people, but I kind of want to learn more. Yeah. And so I felt like the one thing I hadn't really focused on yet was bread. And the deeper I got into the industry, the less I wanted to learn about, you know, cakes and cookies and croissants. And I wanted to get down to the most basic, honest part of baking. Like it was just bread had four ingredients. It had like your your Levan, it had your salt, it had your bread, uh, flour, and it had your water. Like there's no Mm -hmm. putting sugar on it. There's no spicing it up. There's no... You know, you just have those four things to work with, and you 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 got to get it just right. So, I wanted to learn from the best, and there was only one place that mm-hmm. came to mind, and that was Tartine. So I uh, <laughs> miraculously, like yeah. s- maybe semi stalked Chad Robertson for I think all four of us months have or so. Chad Robertson, yeah. probably <laughs> uh, any of us who have gotten into sourdough have yeah. done a little. <laughs> Tartine stocking from time to time. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was just, I had nothing better to do and really wanted the job. So I moved up to San Francisco, just sight unseen and introduced myself. And he said, keep in touch. If something opens up, we'll let you know. So I just checked in every week for a really long time. And finally, there was an opportunity for one day a week. And so I got my foot in the door and then it turned into two days a week and then turned into four days a week. Mm-hmm. And before I knew it, it had been five years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. what, so what years were you there? I was there from 2012 until 2016, 2017. Okay. Yeah. So I, I first, I call, I call Tartine uh, Mecca, you know, I feel like it's, everybody's got to make the pilgrimage at, at least one point in their life. Yeah. Uh, I think I was there in 2013 when I first Went, I was on like on a work trip, and I went way out of my way to, you know, yeah. drive into the city. And, uh, you know, I'm there by myself. You know, my wife's laughing at me because it's, just, you know, something I wanted to do <laughs> on my own time. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't think they had opened their uh, manufacturer yet. That was oh, many yeah. years down the road. And yeah, so it was yeah. just the, the one little uh, corner shop there and just lying out the door got out the corner got yeah. in line you know sneaking peeks behind the the bar looking at the oven and i like i even asked if i could like take some pictures it's like, really embarrassing but it might have been me you it, never could, know. it really yeah. could, it could have been you um so yeah and then you know and i just i just you know ate that loaf uh as slow as possible I you know oh you I took it all the way home yeah. to San Diego and I probably ate took a week just to eat it you know <laughs> um piece I, by piece yeah, so. I still remember my first loaf of tartine bread mm. it's like an unforgettable moment it's like nothing you've ever experienced before yeah but so, I still feel that way it's still just the best in my opinion like it's it's just otherworldly <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about tartine you're five years there yeah so. yeah yeah what um I mean at that point, did you know that you wanted to open your own bakery someday, or was oh, were you yeah. happy there, or, you, or was this just something you knew that you wanted to do to learn learn more? Um, exactly. Like, I'd known since I was 11 I wanted to open my own bakery. Mm-hmm. Nothing had changed there, but I also knew that I wanted to spend a little more time learning before I went off on my own, because having experienced opening a bakery with a friend at such a young age, I really mm-hmm. feel like I lost a lot of my, like not my youth, but like I, you know, I was 
working a lot for someone in their early to mid twenties. And like, I just really wanted to take on a job with less responsibility and like learn a skill I didn't know and be able to kind of like take a step back and enjoy Mm -hmm. my life for a little bit before I for the best in the world. Yeah. Before I jumped into, you know, opening something of my own again and getting my social life back down to zero. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, took on the job. It was an amazing experience. Sartine taught me so much about bread, obviously, but also they just, they go out of their way to give their employees the highest wage they can. They have full benefits. They really cultivated a great company culture. And I realized what a difference that made because, Mm -hmm. you know, so many times like restaurant kitchens are just so grueling and there's just no mercy. And it's just like a really intense, like aggressive culture. And I just realized that it didn't have to be that way, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. How did you decide that, you know, uh, naturally love and bread was something that you wanted to focus in on your, in your own bakery? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's got incredible flavor. It's a little bit better for you. Uh Um, it just is the only way to get that, that custardy crumb and that super crisp crust. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I seem to like doing things the hard way. And naturally, leavened bread is a skill, a real mm-hmm. skill. It takes a long, long time to get the hang of it. And when you're in production baking and you're trying to get you know, similar results every single day mm-hmm. and you take on naturally leavened bread, you realize how unpredictable it can be. And it just takes you know, I would say six months minimum to even start to understand the basics of like how the weather affects your fermentation, how, where, and when the, the flour was harvested and grown, how that affects the hydration of your dough, how the hydration of the dough affects the fermentation, how the fermentation can control the flavor and the crust and the coloring. And then you start learning like what your oven does and how that can affect things as well. And like, it's just like, so for such a, you know, the, the, those ingredients I was talking about, there's so few ingredients in bread, but the real challenge comes like after you mix those ingredients together, then it's just like a world of like different inverse relationships and variables. And, and I've, I've been doing this for six years now and I still, you know, don't get it right every time by any means. I still learn something every single day. But I think the cool thing about that is that's why I still find it so compelling yeah. because it's not predictable. After a certain point, you know, you make enough cakes and you can make a cake and not even think about it mm-hmm. anymore. But bread, every day you come to the table and you really weigh your variables and then you hope that all the mistakes you've made in the past can add up to a success this time. Yeah, you can't just kind of uh, go into autopilot with sourdough. It's, yeah. it, it won't uh, <laughs> react the way you want it to. Um, so tell us about Wayfarer, the name, where did Wayfarer come from? (laughs) You know, I overthought the name. (laughs) I thought about it for like 17 years. 17 years. Because I've been trying to think of a bakery name since I was 11. And I've just had journals and journals filled up with ideas and they were all dumb and they reflected the different times in my life. Like when I was a child versus a teenager versus an adult, you know, like you'd be posting these journals on your bakery wall. No, No. (laughs) (laughs) they're they're all pretty funny, but, but, uh, finally came down to it and I was like, well, shoot, I need a name. And, uh, I was kind of looking for something that, you know, wasn't already taken. Uh, and, you know, Wayfair 
as a type of sunglasses for sure. So I thought a lot of people might know what that is, but it's also the true term of it means someone who wanders by foot. And, uh, I really like, you know, moving around. I really like, you know, walking. I don't know. It was, it's just, I really like the word. I like the connotation. I like the way it looks when you spell it out. And, uh, there was not another wayfarer bread mm-hmm. around. So I decided to just roll with it. Oh, great. I mean, you know, in the long run, it's hard to pronounce. Not as many people know the word as I thought, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I love it. I love the name. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so again, part of the reason I wanted to start this podcast, um, was because I've really come to appreciate how diverse, um, creative, uh, entrepreneurial, like this, community this little sourdough community if you will is um you know everybody from the the bakers the millers the farmers there's filmmakers there's the farmers there's artists um and i know you have friends all on every all sides of the spectrum you know from from every um corner of the world and um I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your community how they've come um to shape your experience what in, in the different ways they've helped support you. I know from just a little that I've seen, you know, you've had yeah. artists working on your uh, murals <laughs> and you've had um, carpenters helping you out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was just wondering if you could uh, talk a little bit more about your community. Yeah. I mean, my gosh, I, I don't know. There Bakers are some of the hardest working people I've ever met, and they're also some of the most like warm-hearted and generous. And I feel like that, as the foundation of the community, has been just incredible. Like, there's no way I could have started this bakery or even had a successful pop-ups without the huge, immense support of the baking community and the neighboring community. I like it. Just seems like baked goods just bring out this like happiness in people, and it attracts the best kind of people. And I like. I'm completely overwhelmed with the number of friends throughout the years that have come to visit here to help me out. Like all my former coworkers, people I've known since I was a child, like who have known that this has been my goal. They've come out to support. They've supported the Kickstarter. They've Mm -hmm. just like even just sent encouraging messages. Just this last week, I had three different friends who live in three completely different states just come visit and spend a day just helping out in the kitchen, washing dishes, sweeping floors, anything like that. And, like, I don't honestly know how I've gotten so lucky to meet so many great people. Yeah, I think I saw a picture of your mom uh, sweeping out the bathroom. My mom was sweeping the bathroom. My dad was windexing the windows. They came down to see what I was up to. And, you know, they're just, I I don't even know how to sum it up. But, like, really, that's the thing with bakeries is, like, they they take a village. Like, like this, the past couple weeks here have been so busy mostly due to the warm welcome I've gotten from the Bird Rock and La Jolla mm-hmm. communities. Like, every other person that comes in says, oh, I live just down the block, or I live, a, you know, just a couple streets away. And, like, the fact that they alone have embraced it so willingly, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm blown away yeah. by the support. <laughs> well, you can make great food. You can make great bread. I think it says a lot about you as a person that, you know... <laughs> You could do all the right things, but if, you know, if you're not a great person, you know, people aren't going to come through the door. So I think it says a lot about you personally, Crystal, and uh, it's definitely... It's hard not to be a happy person when you've got so many people who are lending their time and giving you good energy. So it's like, 
I'd be a very different person right now if there weren't so many great people in my life. <laughs> well, that's great to hear that you've you know been embraced by that community here. I'm curious, like I found you through Instagram. Yeah. What What is that? What's your social media experience been? Is that yeah. uh, helped you out in a considerable way, or is it just something fun you you, know, you do on the side? Or oh, for sure. I mean, I think that's the coolest thing. One of my dear friends is Kate Pepper from Kate's Bread, mm-hmm. and the way that we met is I just reached out to her <laughs> and was like, "Hey, I'm going to be in Ojai. Uh-huh. I'd love to come see you. Your stuff looks amazing." Uh-huh. And so I came in and I visited, and we've been very good friends ever since. And I feel like I've met so many bakers that way because we're all just kind of like trapped away in our bakeries not socializing but instagram is our one outlet to really get the word out and the baking community is so interconnected because of that like i can stop in almost any town in california and find someone that i know through instagram and it's such an easy way to contact someone and and say hello and i feel like i've met a lot of people who've contacted me that way too Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's been something i've really enjoyed uh, personally as well just uh meeting different people here and there. Um, yeah, really from all over the world. Like, uh, yeah. you're just a, a click away. And uh, it, you know, it put us together. You know, we finally totally. finally met up. And uh, so... I'd say it's like this... The One of the best ways to meet people. Uh, another good way, a way that I've met a lot of people was at Tartine, we had a lot of stagiaires, uh, which is like kind of a... European tradition that uh, is still very prevalent in kitchens here where people will reach out to a bakery and ask if they can come and be a stagiaire and they'll come and work for a a couple days, a week, a month. It's not paid, but it's a learning experience. And these are usually people who are already professional bakers who want to kind of come and observe how you do things. And while I was at Tartine, being such a well-known bakery, we had people come from all over the world, which has been so cool because you become Instagram friends, you keep in touch. And then when you're visiting, you know, France, you've got like three people to go visit and they return the favor. So that's another way the community's really grown. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll be hosting plenty yourself here in the, in no time at all. Um, so I'd love to include as part of this podcast, um, maybe some practical inspiration, some tangible takeaways for beginner sourdough uh, bakers out there. Yeah. Um, as you explained, it's uh, a steep learning curve. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm sure even just moving from San Francisco to San Diego, you had to figure out, you know, how the weather was going to be different and being closer to the ocean, possibly, or oh. a couple blocks, maybe. Sure. Um, what's something maybe you think every sourdough beginner should know about Oh, uh, I think the most important thing is you will ruin 1,000 loaves Uh before you get your perfect loaf, if you're lucky. Like, there's just... uh, The the biggest thing is knowing that you are going to fail and to accept that failure and to keep trying because really the whole thing is, like, building a foundation on those mistakes Mm -hmm. and learning from them. Like, it takes so long to understand exactly how the dough should feel before you divide it and exactly how long you want it to rest on the bench before you shape it and exactly how long you want it to proof before you retard it or maybe you don't want to retard what, it what is a properly fermented loaf look and feel like I, you know like yeah. i feel like that's the I thing it's like yes every time stuff a it's like it completely changes depending on the day mm-hmm. b it depends on the flour you're using c it depends on what works for you when i was at tartine there were seven different bread bakers and we all even though we all learned the same way for the most part we all had very different methods of like 
how we wanted the dough to look and feel in order to get the results we wanted. And it's just like, it's such a personal journey. And I know that's incredibly vague and probably not helpful, but I think the biggest thing is just like, don't give up. Eventually Uh it's like puzzle pieces locking together. Everything just seems completely weird. And then one day you make a connection that, that just starts the process Uh of like, Oh, that's, I can use that in the future. And then it, that happens, you know, for about two to three years. You just got to do it (laughs) over and over. And that's another thing I've noticed that professionals, you know, they have this like muscle memory, you know, and like when you're a home baker like me and you make me maybe like two loaves a week, you know, you just don't get that, that um, like the folding muscle memory. And it just, it feels like every time you're doing it, it's like you're doing it for the first time really. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It helps if you do it every day though. Not everyone's got that luxury, but I mean, if you want there's so many great books out there now that help out. And I mean, obviously my go-to is the Tartine Bread Book because Chad did such a great job of getting scientific yeah. and explaining in detail the different fermentation processes that go on. Mm-hmm. And I would say that that stuff is definitely helpful to know because if you understand the why of it, you're better able to calculate the how. Mm-hmm. But that being said, that may be a little intense for some people. I know Josie Baker also put out a book that uh, is more geared towards beginners and kind of simplifying the process and making it less scary. I think they're both great references. I haven't, I haven't read that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Check it out. He's like, he's got a very different approach, but it's like, it's a lot of people have told me it's like really helpful to them because it's not quite so daunting. Mm -hmm. Um, well, part of the magic of sourdough, you know, is pulling that first decent loaf Mm -hmm. out of your oven. And there's no greater feeling. Oh yeah. And it's just, it's magic (laughs) every every time, you know? And if you know, I've done it, you you pull this loaf out and you know, it's not a pancake, you know, it has maybe a little oven spring, a little ear on it. And you're just like, I found my calling. I I am a sourdough baker. I'm going to open a bakery and, you know, and then the next loaf is another pancake. But (laughs) so, you know, we've all done it. And, um, but some people do, you know, that's their jumping off point and they're, they're hooked from, from that first, you know, decent loaf. Um, what, what advice do you have for anybody who's out there who wants to be a baker, uh, whether that, you know, Whatever path they go down, be the, the cottage food uh, baker, the like a farmer's market approach. Um, what tips or advice would do you wish you had maybe when you started this process? Yeah, um, that is a great question. I feel like I would say you know working at Tartine was a great step because it really so just work at Tartine. Yeah, just work at Tartine. <laughs> just get a job at Tartine. Step one. But yeah, no. that's step one. What I'm saying is like that, that was so built into the yeah. community, uh, that it, it really exposed me to a lot of other bakers from around the world through the Stagio pro- program. Uh, it really helped with the networking. I think the biggest, the biggest best advice I can get is meet a lot of bakers, mm-hmm. get a good network going yeah. and like use it because we're all in this together. Everybody has a different approach and the more approaches you can learn, the better off you'll be. As far as someone who's just wanting to get into the industry, um, I mean, I think I can't tell you the number of times that I've worked for free to get Mm -hmm. information. Mm -hmm. That's very like kitchen based idea. And I'm not saying go work somewhere for three years for free. That's just not cool. But saying offer your time a couple days a week, offer your time as a stage or an intern, be willing to do that because 
it's it's a big undertaking to pay somebody to learn how to make bread yeah. right off the bat. It's such a long, hard learning curve that most bakeries just can't afford to do it. But if you want to come and observe and mm-hmm. slowly learn, like it's a great way to get ahead in the industry. Yeah. All right. Well, we're, we're coming to the end of our time. You've been very generous. I know you've got a million things going right now. Um, I wanted to give you an opportunity to... Um, let people know kind of maybe something you're working on other than multiple pop-ups and opening opening up brand new bakery uh do you got anything else um i can't imagine you could fit anything else in but are you working on anything else is there a wayfair uh, cookbook coming out anytime soon? <laughs> i don't think that's coming out anytime soon um you know a very long-term goal for me is uh I feel like there's a bit of a disconnect between bakers, farmers, and millers. Mm. I think that bridge is getting, or that gap is getting bridged uh, all the time. Places like Lodge Bread and Josie Baker and Tartine are some of the three that come to mind that are really closely working with millers and trying to develop that relationship. But kind of one of my long-term goals, because I believe so much in the baking community and its mm. you know benefits, is to kind of connect all the California bakers at least and kind of create like a California bread trail and, uh-huh. and get wow. some farmers in it and get some millers in it too. And, and, uh, kind of try to create like an internship program that aspiring bread bakers can do where they can come and like stash for a couple of weeks at a bakery, go work on a wheat farm for a couple of weeks, go apprentice in a mill for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks and really understand the full process. Because I think that, you know, the future of bread is, just booming right now and yeah. I think that that could really benefit future generations and sure. really push this industry into a permanent fixture and I, I don't know I think I think there's so many great generous inspiring people out there that it can't hurt anybody to meet them and, yeah. and take what they can from them <laughs> well, that that's a, sounds like an amazing uh, goal you know yeah. maybe the, the Wayfair could be the, the southernmost stop on the trail That's and you could wait your <laughs> way up north kind of the idea yeah because yeah, it's I mean it's, there's so many amazing like I said like it's not just in California eventually it'd be great to get yeah. it expanded to other regions but California's just the one that I'd start with since it's my you know my base of knowledge yeah well sign me up I'll be yeah. your, your <laughs> you first the, the try it out yeah. tell me all the kinks to work out yeah well, where, where are some other places people can connect with you um, other than coming to Bird Rock um, <laughs> once you have your grand opening here? Um, how, how, how do you prefer people to, to reach out to you, find you? Yeah, I mean, Instagram's a great way. We're at Wayfair underscore bread. Uh, you can always email us. We don't have a phone number yet. We're working on that. Uh, for the moment, we still have a pop-up on Fridays in Ocean Beach at OB Beans and up in Encinitas on Sundays at Ironsmith Roasters. Um, we, I don't know how long we're going to keep doing those, but for now, we're, we're still doing them. I highly recommend both of those. <laughs> They're places. really fun. Oh. Yeah, it's a good crew of both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's just, it's not too many places uh, you can get great bread, great coffee, Great croissants. By, by the way, the, the probably the best croissant I ever had was your pistachio cherry croissant. Oh, croissant. That just it blew my mind. I don't think I'd ever had a real you. croissant until you know until that moment. Oh. I was like, <laughs> I'm honored. I just can't. You know, I couldn't uh, wrap my mind around what was going on. I mean, I didn't make any of this up. I need to just say that all. I just you know 
after years in the industry, I've really come to respect the craft and the process. And my goal with the bakery is just to not take shortcuts and try to do things the right way, which is hard in a production bakery because it's a lot of labor. But it's just, I can't stress that enough. I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I'm just trying to take the knowledge I've accrued and like slow it down a bit and do it right. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, there's a great hunger for it. You know, I think, like you said, the bread. Uh, world is really coming into its own. The the artisan sourdough. Oh yeah, it's such an exciting time to be an artisan sourdough bread yeah. person. Like yeah. yeah, and I just think most people haven't had good bread, and uh, there's and this is the place I think people, a lot of people will be pleasantly surprised. Like you know what a, what a, a good loaf of sourdough tastes like. So oh. <laughs> thank you so much for your time and congratulations again on. <laughs> your success and your future success uh i think you know you're going to be a big hit here in bird rock and san diego (laughs) thank you for your time of course thanks mike always nice to see you (laughs) thanks so much for listening if you want to find out more or hear previous episodes go to the sourdoughpodcast.com While you're there, send me your sourdough questions. I'll try to pick one or two questions per episode and submit them to our guests on air. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and be sure to share your best loves with hashtag sourdoughpodcast and I'll repost my favorites. We need your support, so if you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Our show is produced by me with original music composed by Weston Perry. You can find him at westonperrysoul.com. This is Mike Hilburn. You've been listening to the Sardo Podcast. Oh, 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 oh